Hello, hello, welcome back to a new episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. Today I have a treat for all of you. I have a special guest today and you're going to love this conversation that I had with Kevin Palmieri. You'll get to know more about him on the episode. But before we get to the episode, I want to make a huge announcement. Okay, are you ready? Last year for my birthday, I had a milestone birthday. My family was supposed to come from Spain to celebrate. Because of COVID, that was not possible. So I had to find a different way that was meaningful and memorable for me to celebrate my milestone birthday. And I decided to put together a virtual conference, two full days with amazing speakers. It was just amazing. It was so amazing that I decided to make it a tradition. So this year, I am bringing to you again, Thrive 2022, a virtual conference that will combine amazing lineup of speakers, including Kevin, who participates in today's podcast episode and memorable experiences. More to come on that. If you want to find out more information about the Thrive Conference and join the waitlist so you get access to those experiences, check the show notes of the podcast episode. And now I leave you with Kevin Palmieri. Welcome to the Leading Yourself podcast. This is your host, Carolina de Arriba. I'm an HR professional, health and fitness coach, wife, mom, and above all things, a goal getter. In this podcast, we're going to be digging into all things leadership, professional and career development, habits, and relationships. This is a podcast for those who want to become the best version of themselves. Those who have big dreams and are willing to embrace the journey and put in the work to achieve them. My goal is to share with you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you in your journey. So let's dig in into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to a new episode of the Leading Yourself podcast. Today, I'm really excited because we have a really special guest Kevin Palmieri is joining us. He's the CFO, founder, and co-host of the Next Level University podcast, which is one of the top 100 self-improvement podcasts in the world with more than 900 episodes reaching to over half a million people in more than 120 countries. Welcome, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Carolina, thank you so very much for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you for the wonderful introduction. Yeah, very impressive. Having my own podcast, of course, this is just, I'm just an amateur, but I know what it takes to reach half a million people. That is huge. Mm. And I love just the theme of your podcast and the dedication that you and Alan have to publish seven episodes a week. That is insane. But yeah. before we talk about your podcast, and I can't wait to pick up your brain on some of the personal development, personal growth topics that it's something I love to talk about. Um, can you share a little bit about your background and how did you came to be the co-founder and host of 
Next Level University. And maybe you can share a little bit about what Next Level University is. Of course. Yeah. So I always start my story with the context that I was raised by my mom and by my grandmother. So when I grew up, I did not have a father in the picture. I actually didn't meet my dad until I was 27. And when all of my friends decided after college or after high school, they were going to go to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I didn't want to go to college. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So it didn't make sense to go pay money to try to figure out what I wanted to do. So all of my friends, Carolina, they were in college and they were living the dream and meeting new people and having awesome experiences. And I was working full time. I was pumping gas at a local gas station and that was my full time job. And after that, I just job hopped and job hopped. I was a personal trainer. I was a truck driver. I was a forklift operator. I worked at a hospital cleaning floors. I was in construction. I did many, many, many different things. Eventually, I got this very unique opportunity to do what's called weatherization. So all weatherization is, is we would work in big buildings and make them more energy efficient. So if you looked at me in my mid-20s, I had a high-paying job. I was making anywhere from $50 to $120 an hour, depending on what job I was working. I had a beautiful girlfriend. I had a sports car. I had my dream body because I had just done a bodybuilding show. I had an awesome apartment. At 25, by all outside standards, I was living the dream, but I wasn't confident. I was super insecure. I was fairly miserable, all things considered, but nobody would ever know that because I looked very, very happy. And Carolina, one day my girlfriend came to me and we lived on the East Coast and she came to me and said, hey, I want to move across the country to California and I want to chase my dreams. And I was so scarce. I was so fearful. I was so afraid that I gave her a list of reasons why that would be a bad idea. I said, the gas prices are too high. Real estate's too high. The job market's bad, blah, 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 blah. Insert fearful excuse here. And she came back to me a couple of weeks later and said, hey, I'm leaving you. I'm going to go chase my dreams. You aren't the positive man that I met and fell in love with. And I want to go be on my own. And it's the best thing she could have done. I'm grateful she did it because we both learned lessons in that. But when she left me, that's when I had to look in the mirror and realize, okay, yeah, you have a nice car and you have a nice body and tattoos and blah, blah, blah. But you're not actually what everybody thinks you are. And you're not who you think you are either. You're not confident. You're none of these things. So for me, that was my initial mirror moment of, okay, I have to work on myself. And I started where a lot of people start. I started with positive affirmations. And every night before I went to bed, I had this big two-bedroom apartment by myself. I'd be laying in bed and I would say, I'm talented, I'm worthy, I'm handsome, I'm intelligent. And this year, I'm going to make the most money I've ever made. And I assumed that making more money would get rid of more of my problems. So I ended up getting a um, promotion at my job. And I was a foreman for the company I worked for. And being a foreman at my company meant you were at the job from the very beginning to the very end. So I opened the job. I was there the first day. I closed out the job. I was there the last day. And I ended up being on the road for the next 10 months out of that year. So every single week I was living in a hotel in a different city, in a different state, doing a different job in a different building. And I didn't care because I was making a lot of money. There was times where I had three or four checks that I didn't even cash. They were for several thousand dollars. And I just didn't have to cash them because I had plenty of money in the bank and I was busy. So, you know, it didn't matter. And we got to the end of that year 
And again, I'd been on the road for 10 months. I was standing at my kitchen table and I had my final pay stub in my hands and I slid it open and I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. But I had another one of those moments, Carolina, where I put all my emphasis into these external results for internal happiness and I was let down yet again. And in that moment, I realized that for most of my life, I had been living unconsciously, just chasing things that I thought would bring me happiness and fulfillment. I wanted to start living the opposite, which was hyperconscious. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast, which is next level you now, but very similar to where most people start. It was a passion project for me. I just liked talking to people about deep stuff, about life, about dreams, fears, goals, all that stuff. And I finally felt like I found something that I was meant to do. I felt like I was making a difference in the world and it got harder and harder and harder for me to go to work. And I remember almost overnight, I stopped caring about the money that my job provided me and I would call out, I would leave early, I would show up late and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And it got to the point, Carolina, where I was in New Jersey one morning And I felt so stuck. I felt like I was stuck at this job. I felt like I could never leave it. And my alarm went off at 5.15 and it was a a winter morning. And I woke up and I slid to the edge of the bed and I was lacing up my work boots, getting ready for the, the day. And the best way to explain it is there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one was on a different channel. And one was saying, you're stuck here forever. One was saying, you'll never make this kind of money again. If you leave, what will your friends think? What will your family think? And the loudest one for me was, do you really think you can be a successful podcaster? And I genuinely didn't. And in that moment, I felt like the best thing for me would be to end my life because if I ended my life, I would end the problems and I would take the problems with me. And I was just in a very, very dark, hopeless, helpless place. Now, luckily, I had Alan in my corner and I sent him a message So for those who don't know, Alan's the co-founder, co-host, and the CEO of Next Level U. And I said, hey, I'm really having these feelings. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do. And he said, Kev, so much has changed for you over the last couple of years with this podcast, with your self-improvement, but your environment hasn't changed much. I think it's time for you to change your environment. And a few months later, I left my job and I went full-time into what we're doing today, speaking, coaching, podcasting. And I was a broke entrepreneur for the next three years. My car broke down. I couldn't get it fixed. I couldn't afford Christmas presents for my now fiance. And it was very, very, very challenging. But to Carolina's point and the wonderful introduction, now we're Next Level University. Uh, we do seven episodes a week. We're global top 100 podcasts, listened to on every continent, 125 plus countries. And as of this week, we're actually recording our 1,000th episode. So it's all worked out in a great way, but it's definitely been a challenge. And I want to make sure that I don't, I don't ever hide from that. I don't ever want to sugarcoat the things that were difficult. Wow. That's all I can say. Wow. What, (laughs) what a story. And I, as I'm picturing in my mind, like you're narrating a movie and I'm like, right there is a ton of nuggets of, you know, just moments of personal growth in that journey. Mm. And it's amazing how life can turn 360, right? But you were very intentional about making that turn. And and I love that in your story. Now you. you founded Next Level University, which is all about reaching that next level, which is something I'm always passionate about. Mm. I'm all about the 1% rule and the one more and 
all those philosophies. And those are the things that come to my mind when I think about, you know, reaching the next level. So, but what does it mean to you going to the next level? What, what does it mean? Yeah, we have this term that we use called grateful ambition. I'm very, very grateful for everything I have. Um, and I'll use my body as an example. I'm grateful that I'm in as good of shape, and I'm using that in air quotes for those listening, that I am right now, but I'm also ambitious to get to even better shape. And I think there's a nice is there's a nice place to live where you can say, I am so grateful for everything I have, but I do want more. And that's what next level means to me is no matter where you are in your life, whether it's health, whether it's wealth, whether it's love, there is a next level. There's another opportunity for growth. And when you get there, there's another opportunity for growth. And those opportunities for growth never go away. And I think that our, our main focus is to help people realize who you are today is just a level. You're just at a level and you can get to another level and a next level and a next level. So it means not settling and saying, you know what? I am grateful for everything that I have, but I am also very, very ambitious to get the things that I still desire. And it's just that it's that cycle forever. I love that. You know, this year, um, the listeners of the podcast know this because I've been focused a lot this year on talking about this, but every year I pick a word of the year. Mm. And this year for me is the word reinvention. And I've been in this journey of rediscovering myself. And I find out that reinvention is not about becoming something completely different, but kind of unfolding over the layers in which we are buried inside, right? And one of the things that um, I learned this year is something that has been hard for me in the past, and I think you touch it on right now, is the fact that we can hold both. Mm. We can hold the gratitude and we can hold the, the need for more. We can hold the, the happiness and the sadness. Like we can hold things that seem opposite and we can have both. And there is, um, I've been, I'm so big in gratitude, right? And sometimes I was reflecting with a friend last week. I'm like, I need to re-examine how I look at gratitude because I think that gratitude is pulling that balance off in the sense of, I use gratitude as an excuse sometimes, mm. which could be a trap, right? I, I think I go to gratitude all the time because I'm. It, it has been life-changing for me. But lately I found that when I, things are not going well or where I don't reach that next level, I go back to gratitude and I protect myself in gratitude. And I said to myself, well, yeah, it didn't work out, but I'm grateful that I have this other thing, mm. but I'm grateful that, uh, which it has helped me in many ways, but lately it's been pulling me back. Uh, what is your, what is your reaction to that? Mm. I think it's, you have to go to the level of self-awareness to understand your level of self-belief determines how you should react to certain situations from, from my studies and coaching calls and all that stuff. If you're somebody who is very, very, very confident, I think that you should take your losses and say, wow, I should be way better because you need that humility to make sure that you're living an accurate life. If you're somebody who struggles with self-belief, 
I would say that's a good thing saying, you know what? Yeah, this didn't go my way, but I'm super grateful for all the other results I have. When things are going well, you have to take on more challenge, right? When you're crushing it, give me more to crush. But when you're struggling to get out of bed, you should not put more on your plate. You really should focus on what you're grateful for. So I think it depends on where you are in the journey. I think it depends on where your level of self-belief, self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, where all of those are. But I would say that as long as you're aware of it, which you clearly are, then you can start to shift it. And it's just, it's minuscule shifts because it didn't just happen like that, right? You didn't just go from ambitious to, to grateful was a something probably happened and it was another something and another something. So you can do the opposite too, just to start shifting it back. But awareness is always the first key before anything can change. So you're already making progress, whether it feels like it or not, that's a different story, but you're already making more progress than you probably think. I love that. I, and I can agree more with you. I think self-awareness is one of those foundations for, for everything, right? For personal growth, for career development, for everything in life. Like um, I think when people come to me and, and talk about what can I do, where can I start? I'm like, just start with becoming more self-aware. Yeah. That is a great first step always. Um, now talking about steps and first steps and leveling up. If someone is listening right now and they're like, I love Kevin's story. I love this concept of next level, but I don't know where to start. How can you start leveling up and, and take your life to that next level? Mm. So I think it's an important understanding to realize that your life, the results you get out of life are directly correlated to the habits that you practice most often. So what I always say to people is let's start very, very, very small and let's just start at the habit level. So I want you to sit down and I want you to create two habits under health two habits under wealth, and then two habits under love. So what do I mean by that? Under health, and maybe you do this already, but I've found that many, many, many people don't, and this is just a drastic thing that seems pretty small. Under health, if you create two habits and do them every day, you will be healthier. Weigh yourself and track your calories. Those are two. Simple to start. They might not seem like they're going to shift overnight, and they're not, but if you do them every day, something will happen. So under health, track your calories, track your weight. Under wealth, every single day, I want you to track your finances. I want you to go into your bank account and say, okay, I spent X amount of dollars yesterday. I made X amount of dollars today. And I want you to check on that every single day. And then another good practice for your second habit is eliminate all non-essential spending. So I used to get a coffee every single day I went to our podcast studio, $4.20. If you multiply that by five, that's $20 a week. That's over $1,000 a year. So if that one decision gets changed, I save myself $1,000, which I can then invest. So those are two under health, two under wealth. Many people get into relationships without studying relationships, and they don't know what works. They don't know what doesn't work. They don't have any practices around relationships. So two under love, you can play the gratitude game with your partner. So every night before my fiance and I go to bed, we say what we're grateful for about one another. That's one. If you're single, you can do positive affirmations. You can play the gratitude game with yourself. 
a version of self-love might be meditation. It might be taking a bath. It might be yoga. It might be lighting a candle and reading. There's a lot of different things you can do for love, but most of us aren't practicing those habits consistently. So imagine the version of you that wakes up in the morning. First thing you do, you use the bathroom and then you get on the scale and you write down your weight. And then you say, okay, cool. I'm going to track my calories for the rest of the day. Boom, done. You go into your bank account and you say, okay, I have blank amount of dollars. Yesterday, I spent blank amount of dollars. You write all that down. You skip the coffee on the way to work. You skip Burger King on the way home and you save money. And then the last thing you do before bed is you say, I am grateful for this about my partner. I'm grateful for this about myself. And then you do a little self-love meditation. Those six habits will drastically change your life over the course of months and years. And they're relatively simple to start. They're not massive, massive, massive habits. They're low enough where it's not too scary to start, but you're going to get results if you do them long enough. I love that, Kevin. I am, um, those who know me, they know that I'm huge on habits. Like it's something that I love. In fact, one of my favorite books of all times is Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. Like it's like the Bible, right? It's, it's amazing. Uh, the other thing that I love in what you said, you didn't say it, but you did, is the compound effect that mm. those habits have, right? When you talked about the example of the coffee, that is a clear example of that compound effect working over time. Now, this is one question that I get a lot every time that I talk about habits. In theory, they sound great. And people always ask me, how do you get to the point that they become a habit? Meaning, how do you develop consistency? Because at the beginning can be hard, right? To do these things. Day one, you're super motivated. You cross everything off your list. And as days go on, like something happened and you skip it and then you skip it again. And next thing you know is like, when did I stop? Mm. So what would be your key tip for someone that is trying to get to that point and develop consistency? I would say that there's a book and maybe you've read it, Carolina. It's called The Four Tendencies. I believe it's by Gretchen Rubin. Most human beings are obligers. And being an obliger means you will do more for others than you will do for yourself. So if I say I need help with my homework, you'll come help me do my homework instead of doing your own homework. You have to use your conditioning that can be perceived as negative to get you positive results. So if you're trying to be more consistent, two ways. Number one, you have to build an accountability. You need accountability. There has to be a bigger reason than you're just doing it for yourself. So I think about it like this. Alan and I, on a recent podcast episode, we said, we're both going to lose 10 pounds by August 1st. The way we're going to do that is where we are going to create a commitment device. A commitment device basically says, I am going to be committed to this and I am going to put skin in the game. So if by August 1st, I do not weigh 170 pounds, I do not get to record our episode. I don't get to record that episode of the podcast. If Alan does not come in at the right weight, he doesn't get to record that episode of the podcast. If neither of us make our weight, we have to skip an episode which we have never done together in a thousand episodes. That's a commitment device. We are committing to something greater than ourselves. Maybe you don't have a podcast. So this is what you would do. You would say, I am going to accomplish blank by blank, or I am going to donate $100 to a cause I do not believe in. Not only do I not believe in it, I am actually against it. So if you 
and this, this one might be close to home, but really think about this. If you lost somebody to lung cancer because they used to smoke, you would say, I'm going to donate $100 to the Philip Morris Foundation or, or company, whatever the name of it is, the biggest cigarette company in the world. That would give you extra necessity to do something that you might not want to do. And then I would say the other part is find accountability and peak performance partners. As much as I would like to say I'm a very, very consistent human being because I just am, we have it set up where the team can see all of my habits I do every day. We have a 16-person team. Everybody can see everybody's habits. So if I don't do the 20 things I'm supposed to do, people see it. You will do more for others than you will do for yourself. It just is that way. So you got to find a way to leverage that in a positive way. So number one, create necessity. Consistency is very, very challenging without necessity. Most people don't run just for fun, but if you set up a marathon in six months, you're going to run. The necessity is high. And then find some accountability, whether it's a peak performance partner, whether you set up some sort of commitment device, it has to be greater than you. And the reason slash necessity has to be greater than just the goal because the goal is way down the line and sometimes we can't even see it. So you have to create, and this is my frame, I create more pain with not doing something than pain with doing it. So that's how I've set it up. And it works really well for me, but many humans are obligers. So use that obliger tendency to push you in a positive direction. I love that, especially because typically when we have goals or we're trying to develop these habits, typically if it's a good habit, it's something that the benefits are benefits that you're going to rip in the future, right? Yeah but there's always the pain in the short term. So I love shifting that scale, right? So it's more painful not to do it than to do it because typically if putting the example of health that you were talking about, if I want to eat healthy, right? And because I want to lose weight, it's going to take some time of mm. repeatedly and consistently eat healthy before I lose the weight. But if there is pizza for dinner, um, the reward is immediate, right? Mm -hmm. in, in, in tasting that, that pizza. So I love how you shift that. So the, the pain of not doing it in the moment is higher than of skipping the, the whatever habit it is. Well, that goes back to Carolina, to the grateful ambition of, I think that we can fall into this trap to say like, well, it's okay. You know, I don't want to feel any pain. It's okay if I don't accomplish my goal. Now that's up to you. You decide whether or not it's important to you. My goals are very, very important to me. And maybe not all of them are the same importance, but that's where you have to have that real self-awareness conversation with yourself of, am I letting myself off here? Am I just like making up excuses so I don't do this, which will then hurt my self-esteem because I'm breaking promises to myself? It goes deeper than just the habit in getting the result because you build self-trust. When you say, so Carolina, when you say, I'm going to do an episode a week forever, when you do that, you prove to yourself that you're trustworthy. You prove to yourself that your self-esteem is real. You prove to yourself that you're a capable human being. That's the importance of habits is they help you build confidence because you're proving yourself right and right and right and right. So that's another thing that you can think about. But I do believe. I do believe that humans require a higher level of necessity than we give credit to. If you're in debt, you're thinking more about money because the necessity is there. I know that I worked very hard when I was broke because I knew that I had to pay the bills. So 
don't run from necessity. Don't run from it. Now, don't let it control you, but use it as a tool if you can. Yeah, love that. And that triggered two questions in my mind. Sure. Since you talked about self-confidence. This is one of the chicken and the egg situations, mm-hmm. right? You have people that are like, well, I can't do the thing because I don't have confidence that I can do it. Uh, and I always say that is the wrong approach because it's a perpetuating cycle. If you get into that cycle, there's no way out unless you drastically break through it. Um, but you touch a little bit on self-confidence. I mean, this cycle when you were referring to the habit. So can you talk about your perspective on how do you build self-confidence and, and what does it take to get into the positive cycle of self-confidence, if you will? Yeah, I think that what happens oftentimes at the beginning of any journey, you either believe you can do it or you don't believe you can do it. And when you don't believe you can do something, you don't take action. And when you don't take action, that reinforces the belief that you couldn't do it in the first place. And that begins a cycle. But if you can just take somebody's confidence for a minute, you can borrow somebody's belief, you'll try something. And when you try something, you will get results. And oftentimes those results will be better than you thought they would be. And that proves to yourself that you're actually capable of doing something. So I had a call with somebody recently and I want you to think of it as a scale from zero to 10. I had a call with somebody recently and we were talking about confidence. And I said, on a scale of one to 10, how afraid are you to do an Instagram live or a Facebook live? This person wants to be a speaker. And she said, on a scale of one to 10, that is a 12. I am so afraid of doing that. I said, okay. On a scale of one to 10, how afraid are you to take a video of yourself and show nobody ever? And she said, that's probably like a zero or a one. Cool. On a scale of one to 10, how afraid are you to take a video and send it to me and me only. And she said, that's probably a five or a six. I said, cool, do that. The way to build confidence is to step outside of your comfort zone and into your learning zone. So if you think about a bullseye, the comfort zone's in the middle, the learning zone is on the next one, and then the outer rung is your anxiety zone. I think that when people are trying to build confidence, they immediately think of the things that make them the most anxious when really it's the thing that is just outside of your comfort zone. So if you want to build confidence, you have to figure out, okay, what am I 10 out of 10 afraid of? Jumping out of a plane. Okay, well, I'm not going to do that. What am I five out of 10 afraid of? Um, Heights, but I'm going to walk up on this rope course that's only 25 feet in the air. That will build confidence. Very much like we talked about with the habits, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. It is the small, small, small things. For me, it was starting a podcast. And then it was interviewing people. And then it was doing solo episodes. And then it was interviewing more famous people. And then it was doing more episodes and doing it in person. And it it starts very small, but you have to be very, very, again, self-aware. I guess that's the theme of our talk today. You have to be very, very self-aware, very hyper-conscious of where is your comfort zone Where does that extend to your learning zone? And then where does that extend to your anxiety zone? If you want to be more confident, you have to live in your learning zone and avoid anxiety as much as possible and visit your comfort zone. You visit comfort, you visit anxiety. Confidence comes from the learning zone. Small steps, small. Yeah, love that. And I think that is the key because I think a lot of people, when you talk about you need to 
really go out of your comfort zone in order to build that confidence, people go directly to that anxiety yeah. zone, right? And then what happens is the same in that cycle, it per- they fail because they set something that it was too big and then they reinforce the belief, the disbelief that they had at the beginning. So it's critical not to jump to that anxiety zone, but stay yeah. in that learning zone. Yeah, it's so important. I, Alan is a more confident human being. He has the 10 out of 10 belief. So, and I learned this the hard way. I was, I lived in the anxiety zone for three years, three years, four years, maybe. And that genuinely took a toll on me to the point where I developed anxiety. I never had anxiety before. It's because I was living in the anxiety zone because that was Alan's learning zone. Now, if I lived in my learning zone, I might not have grown as fast, but I, you know, there are positives and negatives that came from that. But now I understand that my learning zone is different than Alan's and my learning zone is different than Carolina's and my comfort zone is different. It's personal. And you have to figure out what is your zone and how do you just get outside of it a little bit, not too much because it might have negative downsides. And it's all a trial and error, right? There is no manual that comes with it. It's Mm. just trying, stepping outside of your comfort zone, see how far you can go. And then the thing is that that comfort zone continues to grow and expand. So your learning zone doesn't stay the same over time. What today is your anxiety zone, a month from now might be already within your learning zone Mm -hmm. because you keep growing over time. So 100%. Yeah. It goes back to what we were talking right? That self-awareness is so important, checking in constantly with yourself. And that for me is that self-reflection, right? Once I do something that scares me and I try to chase moments of fear, um, you know, like Eleanor Roosevelt um, quote, like do something every day that scares you. I try to do that intentionally. Mm. And after I do that, I kind of reflect on okay, what did I learn from this? How comfortable or uncomfortable was I doing this? And it kind of, it's like taking the temperature of that learning zone. Yeah, yeah, so important, so important. Yeah, I wanna go back to the story where when you opened today, um, we were talking about habits, but it, I, it draw me back to your story when Alan told you, you need to change your environment. Mm. And I think environment plays such a huge role when you're trying to level up, when you're trying to grow, when you're trying to change something. Um, can you talk a little bit about, in your case, right, what, what does change in environment meant and how can someone change, be intentional about changing their environment so their environment supports what they want to achieve and, and taking life to that next level. Yeah. As human beings, for most of us, our environment represents the people around us more than anything. I mean, most of us live in, you know, if it's a home or an apartment or whatever, yes, you can optimize your environment. But what I have seen is it's the community aspect of the environment that has the biggest impact on people. This is a simple question that can, I won't say it will change your life, but it can change your life if you ask it and then answer it. Are the people in your life the best from your past or the best for your future? Are the people that you spend the most time with in your life because they are going to help your future or because you went to high school with them, you went to college with them, you were in preschool together, you used to party a lot, you used to do this, you used to do that. 
if the people in your life aren't there because they make your future a better place, I would re-examine why they're there. And I understand that is a challenge and that's very personal and it might seem very hardcore, but you really have to have that real talk with yourself of, am I willing to trade in the goals and dreams and ambitions and aspirations that I have to stay friends in the same capacity with these people that don't even care if I accomplish my goals? It's a very challenging thing. It is, but that is what I've seen time and time again. We did an episode on this recently. I watched a YouTube video that said the, the title was why you shouldn't tell people your goals. And I was like, all right, let me see what this is about. Maybe I'll find some content for the podcast. Every single point basically said the people around you kind of suck. That's pretty much what it said. Well, they're going to laugh at you. They're not going to believe in you. They're going to tease you. They're going to steal your ideas, blah, blah, blah. And I came to the realization that I've experienced very, very few of those. Why? Because I have a very supportive community. I have a very supportive environment. You really have to have the real talk with yourself. Do these people in my life care if I even accomplish my goals? Do they care? Do they know how much it means to me? Do they know how important it is for me to level up and be a good representation for my family? to be a good example for the people I surround myself with, to increase my capacity at work? Do they know? That is the question, Carolina. Are the people in your life the best from your past or the best for your future? And this is what I always say. I say reallocate time accordingly. You don't have to cut people out of your life. But if you are trying to get to the next level of your life, you should spend more time with people who feed that. They feed you. They don't bleed you. So reallocate time with bleeders and reallocate time with feeders and spend more time with positive people and you will get more positive results out of life. I know it sounds super simple, maybe too simple, but it really is. I mean, that aspect, the people you surround yourself with are a good example of who you will become. So make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people. I'm constantly smiling because I think you and I think so alike, like all these things are the things that I always talk about, right? When I say you need to change the people you surround with yourself with, doesn't mean that you're cutting off people from your life, but to your point, you're reallocating time with who you're spending time. And I think it also back to what we were saying before, right? That self-awareness and that self-reflection is important here as well, because your goals change, mm. you evolve over time. So the, the people you're surrounding yourself are not going to always be the same. They can shift, right? If today I have the goal to run a marathon, I want to surround myself with marathoners, with runners. Mm. But if next month my goal is to grow my podcast, then I'm going to call Kevin and <laughs> hang out with Kevin, right? Like it's, it depends on where you are and what stage you are in your life. Um, but I think the example you were sharing, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm like, obviously, if you don't feel confident that you can share your goals with the people around you, then you need to question whether you should spend time around those people, right? Yep. Um, that, that is huge. Love it. Um, okay, so moving on to a different theme, maybe, or jumping around here. Um, one of the themes that I think you and I have in common is our love for personal growth and personal development. So can you talk a little bit about what role does personal growth and personal development has played in your life and 
how does that look for you? I think mm. a lot of people ask me and I very direct and open say, I invest at least one hour in my personal growth every day. And I'm very intentional about it. I have created, to your point before, a necessity about it. It's a non-negotiable. And I always get the questions like, how can you fit that in your schedule? That is a different question, but the original question, what role does personal development play in your life and how does that look for you? It really is, to, to your point, it's everything. I, I didn't understand this in the beginning. I didn't understand how malleable we were as human beings and how you could go from having a fixed mindset to having a growth mindset and then understanding what a growth mindset actually is. In the beginning of this journey, I didn't think any of this was possible. Genuinely, I did not think we would make as much money or have as much impact or have the experiences we've had with this podcast. I didn't know we'd have as many listens. I didn't I didn't know any of that was possible. The reason that we have the results that we have is because we have invested in ourselves, to, to Carolina's point, every single day for the last five years, and Alan, seven years. Every single day, I learn for at least 45 minutes, and it's usually way more than that because I'm surrounded by amazing people, which is awesome. But it's this understanding that the, the results you have, the circumstances of your life what your reality looks like is, if you're older, especially, it's correlated to what you're investing in. If you're investing in yourself, your life will improve. It just will because you'll become more capable and you'll be able to make better decisions and you'll have higher awareness and you'll be able to make more money and your relationships will be better because you'll be a higher caliber communicator and you'll have empathy. At the end of the day, if we think about it this way, when you buy a house, you try to improve it. You say, well, I bought this house. I'm going to paint it and we're going to put new carpets in and we're going to get new furniture and we're going to get different Wi-Fi. And then eventually you sell that house and you make a profit. That's what we're trying to do as human beings. I came into this world as a version of Kevin. And the more personal development I do, the more self-improvement I do, the better opportunities I have. I have amazing opportunities now that I never had before. And I also understand I'm a white male in the freest country in the world. So that is obviously a part of it. But I've done so much work to try to create more opportunities for myself. And when you pour into yourself, you're able to pour more out. And that's, that's another part of it too is, when you raise your awareness and you raise your personal development set point, you're able to help people because you are ahead of some people in their personal development journey. And if you're one or two steps ahead of somebody, you can help them. So it is everything. It is super important. It is something that I am obsessed with. It is a necessity. It is a non-negotiable. And that shows up as me actually being confident now and having confidence and having capabilities and oftentimes having to pinch myself and say, wow, I can't believe we're actually where we are today. I never really expected that. And then part two, I'm actually excited for the future because now I understand how much can change in five years, how much can change in another five years. That's where it starts to get exponential and things get really, really wild. So understanding you are not where you are today is not where you have to stay forever. If you 
practice personal development, you focus on self-improvement, you try to increase your capabilities as a human, your circumstances, your environments around you will start to shift as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that and completely agree. I think Tony Robbins is the one who says luck is only the intersection of opportunity and preparation, right? Mm. When those two intersect and when people say, oh, you're so lucky, all these things happen to you. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I've been working on preparing myself to be ready when those opportunities came, right? Mm. Otherwise I wouldn't have been able to take advantage of those opportunities. So I, I love that part. And I, the other thing I would say is um, over the last two years, I've done several life assessments where you evaluate the different areas of your life, right? One to 10. And I did one just last week. And it's probably the lowest rating that I've had in the last two years. Mm. And for a minute, I'm like, oh, am I taking steps backwards? And it's not absolutely, that's not absolutely true. It's totally the opposite, right? I think when you start to invest in personal development, you start to realize what your, your true potential is and you continue to expand that potential. So where, when I evaluated myself two years ago, the ceiling was here, right? And I was evaluating a 10 being here now a 10 is up here, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very different. And the meaning of a 10 is a huge difference, but that's what personal development also does. That has been my experience. It just expands your horizon, expands your opportunities, expands your self-awareness. And the more you grow, the more you start to build that self-confidence that you were talking about. And then your potential just goes up the roof. Yeah. We've seen it on the team. I mean, the team is all coached by Alan and they're in this culture of self-improvement, habit tracking, get better every day, learn. And it's not a coincidence that some of them have gotten their dream jobs. Others of them are saying, Hey, we want to come work with NLU full time. And we're willing to do this, 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 like I've lost weight. My relationship is better. Those, those aren't coincidences. It's because they're focusing on improving themselves. And when you improve yourself, you improve everything you're a part of. You raise the temperature of the room and your relationships increase and everything does because you are increasing your capabilities as human. So to your point, Carolyn, I, I 100,000% agree. Yeah. So before we wrap it up, I want to make sure that everyone listening to the podcast knows where to find you, where to find Next Level University, how they can connect with you. I know um, I'm going to throw it out there. You have a free course somewhere in your website. So can you share all of that so our audience can connect with you and start you know, following Next Level University and engaging with you and Alan? Absolutely. If you liked what we talked about today, we talk about that very, very often on Next Level University. You can just search us on any of the podcast platforms. We will show up. And then we're also on YouTube as well. We have all of our episodes on YouTube because some people like to watch instead of listen. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at neverquitkid. If you reach out, I will send you a message back. I promise I get back to all of my DMs. And then Kevin Palmieri on Facebook and LinkedIn. And then yes, our website is nextleveluniverse.com. We are in the process of buying nextleveluniversity.com. But we have a free course that Alan and I sat down and we thought to ourselves, okay, 
some of our community cannot afford one-on-one coaching. Maybe they can't afford group coaching or a live event or a retreat. What can we do to help them get started after they start listening to the podcast? What's something that's a little bit deeper that will help them at a deeper level? And we sat down and we spent, I think, 12 hours on a Sunday and we recorded a video course and we broke it into an hour and a half. And it's totally free on the website. You can download the entire video. There's worksheets. You can share it with your friends. We figured out, okay, what are the five things that fundamentally have made the biggest impact on us? And that's what we did the course on. So totally free. I believe it's called what it takes to get to the next level. Um, And you can download it. You can download the course, share it with your friends. It's, It's totally free for you. Totally recommend it. And just want to add on on that Kevin response to every message is so true. <laughs> the minute I reach out to Kevin to invite him to the podcast, not only he responded to my invitation, he sent me a video response, personalized, like talking to me and um, showing interest. And that does go a long ways and makes a huge difference. And I'm so grateful that we connected in this virtual world. Mm. I'm so grateful to have an opportunity to chat with you today, Kevin. Um, these are the types of people that I like to bring into the podcast that bring their different perspectives around these topics of personal growth. And during our conversation, I found that we share so many of those. So it was an absolute pleasure to have you here today, Kevin. Thank you so much. I appreciate the conversation, the wonderful questions. And yes, there was a couple of points where I was like, yep, Carolina and I are very, very similar in many ways. So thank you so much. I appreciate it.